Hello, and welcome to the Zero to Hired podcast, the show that helps struggling job seekers find a career that's right for you. In every episode, we have one mission, to provide you with unique tips and strategies from leading industry experts that will get you in front of hiring managers. Enjoy the show. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Zero to Hired podcast. My name is John Ribeiro, I'm your host, and today I've got two very special guests. This is actually a very special edition of the Zero to Hired podcast. I'm interviewing Alexander and his wife Vanessa, who are newcomers to Canada, who've only been here, what, three, four months, I think is... Uh, almost four months. Almost four months. Almost four months yeah. And what we're going to talk about and what they're going to share with us is their experience in navigating and going through the job process here in Canada. You know, for only being here for four months, really a month and a half of it was settling in, getting ready, moving into your apartment, bringing over your furniture. They spent two and a half months and they've landed roles in their job, in their field, at their levels that they had previously in their in their country, which is back in Brazil. So today they're going to share some of that experience with us. I'm really excited to have you guys on the show. Thank you. Thank you for being on the Zero to Hire podcast with us. Thank you, thank you guys for all the service that you provide to us and all the help that we can acquire from us. Yeah, no, this is excellent. So, so we're going to go back and forth and we're going to keep this conversation pretty candid in terms of the experiences that you guys have gone through in looking for work here in Canada. I know you left Brazil, I think specifically Sao Paulo is the city you guys are from. Yeah, Sao Paulo, we left Sao Paulo, uh, we landed here in Canada from Sao Paulo in October 25th. So that's uh, the date we landed here and perfect. started all over. Yeah, and you're lucky there was no snow on October 25th. Yeah. Oh, pretty much now we redefined everything about the, what it feels cold or not. So pretty much now the new threshold is like below uh, below minus five. This is rather cold. But uh, when we arrived here, it was like degrees. Eight, de- eight degrees is kind of summer guy, summertime yeah. guy. So yeah. Excellent. So, so what we're going to do is we're going to walk through some of the, the experiences that you walk, that you walked me through. And we've had some pretty good conversations around what you guys did specifically. So I'm going to start with, you know, what's the first thing you did once you landed? So after settling in and, and getting yourselves ready and really, you know, getting your home ready, what did you do after that in terms of your job search process? Well, I'm, I'd like to think to start that uh, when after 15 days of uh, settling in here in Canada, uh, we started to do online applications. But uh, from my previous research, before coming to Canada, I already came across with his Zero to Hire uh, website long before that, like six months. When I applied for the visa, I actually started to look how to do proper job search in Canada. So this goes way back before uh, we actually started to job search here because uh, when we finally settled, the idea was to now we have to put this on practice. So basically a lot of research prior to that, how to build your resume, the, the templates you provided on the website were uh, invaluable in terms of how to express ourselves. And also to understand that um, job search in Canada, it's a marketing campaign. You really should know how to sell yourself in a different way than it is in Brazil, uh, particularly uh, on your achievements. So it's very important to anyone uh, to know what their achievements are, how can you prove that through numbers, and uh, to prove that you are valuable to your uh, possible employer. So uh, how can you add value to them uh, during this process? 
Excellent. Yeah. So, Vanessa, what about yourself? I know, so you did some of the work before you left. You said approximately six months before. Um, so getting, understanding the resume, is, just to kind of review some of the things that you talked about, understanding the resume, the structure of the resume. I know when we, we have our free resume guide up on our website, and it has guides on actually how to fill it out. So it's great. So you, you spoke specifically to the market, and that has helped you get the job here in Canada, right? Exactly. And also the idea is that uh, after day number two, applying online for jobs, actually the most important tool, tool that you can have here is networking. So reaching out to other people and other services besides uh, going just uh, applying online for jobs, it's much more effective and keep your mind busy. Because if you're only applying for jobs, probably you're going to sit on your home and just doing that. It's a pretty boring job. Mm -hmm. uh, writing resumes, customizing them for an employee, and maybe if you're lucky enough, they will call you. So reaching out to people and networking is very important. Yeah. So, and I know just before we get started with you, I know you're jumping at the bit here. I'm really excited about that. But I know statistically, you get a 2% response rate if you just do the website thing. And I know a lot of people, they think, you know, I'll just go to monster.ca or Indeed or LinkedIn, and hopefully something will show up. Well, hopefully it's not a strategy. Hopefully it's just something that is a pie-in-the-sky type of idea. What you really want to do is have something that's focused and specific. And it sounds like you did that. You connected, you built your network. Okay, great. So, Vanessa, what about you? What, what was your experience like? Well, uh, as Alexander was doing all this research and he, he presented me your zero to hire to me, and then we started to do this research back in Brazil, and we went through through your 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 the information that you guys provide to us. We realized that first, as Excel Alexander said, focus on your accomplishments, not on your tasks. That's something that basically in Brazil our resumes are fo totally focused on what you did, not what you accomplished. Um, other thing that I thought that I that I realized that was really important and is how is not to translate your job position that you had before, but to explain to people here in Canada how thing how what you really did, and uh, what your equivalent position job position that you have here in your market in your field, and that's why having a network is so important because only people that are here in Canada working in your field will give you the specific information that you won't find anywhere. So that's something really important. And applying for jobs and, and uh, make doing your resume specifically for each application that you're doing, that's something very important. And have your story straight. Mm -hmm. Every time that you go to, a meet, to an interview, and every coffee chat you got, it's an interview, informal interview. Mm -hmm. So you have to be prepared to show cases, to show accomplishments, to show this person how, how valuable you can be. Okay, so you touched on something really important. So you talked about uh, reaching out to people in their, your industry. So what was your strategy around connecting with people specifically in your industry? Well, uh, there are a couple of strategies that you can do. Uh, one of them is through LinkedIn, like what I, uh, what I like to call it, cold connecting, right? Mm -hmm. So you reach out to someone that it, you might find interesting to have information from their industry, their jobs, and reach out and then plain trying to connect with them with a personalized message and saying about them, well, look, I see you have an interest in this industry. I also come from this industry. Uh, would you spare me like 30 minutes of your time so we can chat and talk about your accomplishments here and your story here to understand better the market? This is pretty much how I did. Um, it's very hard 
because you 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 hit a little bit of uh, some roadblocks in the way that not not everyone looks at LinkedIn uh, mm -hmm. often. Um, so maybe you 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 start really to get uh, slow in terms of uh, connecting with these people. But then you have to try everything. Like you go to the events. Uh, job fairs. Um, also, the public services here in Canada offer to people to connect. There are uh, a lot of uh, meetups here going on in Toronto. If you go to the meetup app, you, uh, you, you, you're probably going to find a lot of uh, interest groups that are gathering together to do something together. This is a perfect opportunity to go and uh, connect with people. In the, in the second week we were here, uh, one of the meetups was from Toastmasters. Mm -hmm. And then in Toastmasters, we can actually connect with a lot of people and practice our English skills and try to talk in public uh, through English, which is a quite challenging task when you are not used to it. And uh, also people offer you and volunteer a little bit of their time to talk to you and say, oh, you're job searching, job seeking here in Canada, you're a newcomer, so how can I help you? So this is where you start to building with your community um, the network you really need. That's pretty much what, uh, that was our approach. Yeah. One point. thing that was really important also, it was uh, to, to rehearse our pitch. How to sell yourself in a short period of time. Mm -hmm. Because in all these conversations, even in Toastmasters, people wanted to know oh, what you did, what you used to do back in Brazil. And we are from a field that is from energy, so it's uh, kind of complicated. So we had to make it simple for people to understand. For these people that you are talking to, they say, Oh, I can understand what you are saying. I know someone that I believe that knows someone that I can introduce you. And all these contacts that you are doing, although they, in the first time, they, in the, in the, first, in the first way, they seem they are not getting you to somewhere. But every time you contact one, pe one person, it can refer you to someone else, then, then to someone else, and then you are going to get this experience to talk to people, to do interviews, and to sell yourself. Yeah, and, and this is great. So you guys talked about Toastmasters. I know we talk about Toastmasters quite a bit. As, uh, it's a global organization for those that are listening for the first time. If you're not familiar with it, there might be a local Toastmaster club in Brazil, in Sao Paulo, yeah, in your area. Yeah, there is one in Sao Paulo, oh, actually. Oh, nice. Actually. <laughs> So, you know, finding these organizations that have a global presence. And Toastmasters is one of those organizations. They're all over the world. And you can go to any Toastmaster meeting for free. And, and this is the thing. You don't have to come here and pay to go to these things. You know, you talked about Meetup. And those for, for those that are new listening to Meetup, Meetup is meetup.com is a website where groups get together with similar interests, essentially. And actually, I spoke to a Brazilian project manager group uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, giving them some insight on the job search process. So I know there's there's various, like a whole bunch of places you can go to, but you talked about making connections before you left. And what I want to talk about is, what did you do when you, you, the specifics around what you did before you left Brazil to make connections on LinkedIn? Well, um, basically, when you're when you have an ocean be, uh, between uh, <laughs> those continents, right? So uh, basically, what you have is the online presence that you can build. So uh, the way we did is try to find people on our in, inside of our industry here mm -hmm. and try to connect with them, just the way, just like this. And also, uh, you'd be surprised, but the number of people that might know someone that lives here in Toronto, it's pretty, it's very common. A lot of people that I met from my past, uh, my past work said, oh, I have a friend there in Toronto, I can introduce you to, to them. 
Whenever you say that you're going to Canada, people will try to figure out if there is someone that can actually help you here, either if they are Brazilian or not. So, for instance, in my case, I had this uh, manager in my, in my past job uh, in Brazil that came here to Toronto. We had this in common. And then uh, he said, well, I can introduce you to someone from the same company in the branch they have here in Toronto. Oh, wow. So this was one way into the industry here. Mm -hmm. And uh, we went there. We had a coffee chat. This guy received us. It was very nice to meet him. And he also provided all his network uh, here in the industry, here, which is invaluable. So um, in terms of uh, going to the networking, you might find surprising how many people you already can connect through Brazil to Toronto because you always find someone here that is already here and gone to the process before you. Yeah. Yeah. And what about you, Vanessa? So how did you make your your connections in, in, in your industry? Well, basically, I, I started, I have to confess, I, have, I just started when I arrived here. But when we were back in Brazil, we had a, a colleague from, from your work that had that a colleague that is Canadian and is living in Sao Paulo and he referred us to a friend of him to a colleague that works in, a, in our field specifically here in Canada so this was our first coffee chat basically and he gave us uh, a lot of directions of where to go so he referred me another uh, other two contacts here mm -hmm. we went to the former company from Alexander and the guy the, that we met there referred us to a lot of people also. So that's how we started to do things here. Excellent. So just really sitting down, asking. But like you said, and I, and I think this is important. So if you're listening and, and you're in Brazil right now, really being prepared and asking those right questions about the industry, I think is key, right? Like walking in saying, hey, it's great to meet you. How many kids do you have? You know, what's your wife like? What kind of job do you do? Like, you want to, you want to, and this is, I think this is maybe a little bit different than Brazil because I understand the culture there is, it's a lot more relaxed. You talk about family, talk about personal. And one of the things that we started talking about as soon as I came in the room is you guys realize they're a lot more professional here in the work field. Yeah. It's, right? It's very uh, divided in terms of personal things you might be a while uh, to get into when it, this is probably going to start from the person uh, to you, not you actually asking this, these questions for the person. So you always wait for people to share personal information. This is the door open when you start to share yours as well. Mm -hmm. Other than that, uh, when you have a coffee chat, probably people are going to be very strict to the timeline. 30 minutes, mm -hmm. this is what is, you're going to have with this person. And uh, they go direct to the point, how can I help you? Or um, when you are asking these people, they'll say, well, how did you get into this field? Um, you start to probing questions about them so they can talk about them before you ac even ask anything about uh, you or you can ask actually anything from them. Providing value first is the, f uh, is mm -hmm. the first uh, thing that you should have in mind when you're talking about coffee chats because the most powerful um, networking tool that you have here is coffee chats. People go to those coffee chats, they take them seriously, and by the end of this coffee chat, what you really want is have an, uh, at least one or two other connections so you go get, get an introduction from and start to lead you somewhere. Yeah. Because whenever you're talking to someone, you're like accessing like 500 other people through their network. This is very important yeah. to, to, to have in mind. No, and you touch on a really good point. So, it, and you know, you go in, you don't 
ask for a job. Like I think that's a lot of mistake people do, and and no, you know, not at all. No, no please don't do that. <laughs> please don't do that. <laughs> uh, but really, it's going in and understanding and adding value wherever you can add value, because they'll be more open to sharing their network with you. And they say statistically, everybody knows around 500 people, sure. right? So if you have two coffee chats with two people, and coffee chats, just to to really simplify what a coffee chat is, it's where you go and you have a coffee with somebody. And then you talk, and usually it's a very it's a very specific amount of time. If they say 30 minutes, it's 30 minutes in most cases. If the conversation is going really well and you're adding a lot of value, then sometimes they'll stick around for 45 minutes to an hour. I know you guys were talking about when you did lunches back in Brazil. Your lunches could be an hour and a half. That's that's not standard here. Here, and you know, I don't know. Maybe it's because it's cold, or maybe because we're all busy. We want to go home. We have a a pretty good, decent work-life balance in, in Canada. Uh, but you know the extra time that you know asking oh you know the the personal things aren't really going to get you what you need right so making sure that you you go in prepared so when you did your coffee chats and actually Vanessa this one's for you so when you did your coffee chats did you go in with a list of questions that you already had yes I did first the first thing I used to do I usually did when I had a a, a referral from someone that I have already talked to. I I usually went on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. did some research, and had some questions and did some research about the the job, the company, and then I had some questions, previous questions, and then when I introduced myself to this person and tried to to have a meeting with them, a coffee chat with them, I usually wanted to show them what I wanted from them, what I I wanted to know from them. If they could tell me something like that, they could provide me this information. And not at all, not at all, uh, going through, please get me a job, do you know any positions in your company? Not at all, not at all in the first time. Yeah, I think people, when when you go in with the, hey, do you have a job in your company you can give me right now? People will say, whoa, 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 right? I don't know you, you're, you're still a stranger to me. Um, and, and really, I think you turn off and you you start to ruin that relationship with that person. Sure. So now you no longer have access to those 500 people in the background. It's, hey, you know, this person's not genuine. They're asking me for something. I don't know who they are. And when you think about it this way, you know, it's like walking up to a stranger and saying, hey, can you give me $50,000, right? That's pretty much the <laughs> yeah. feeling. Yeah, pretty much the feeling. You have to put yourself in the other, uh, the other person's shoes. And uh, imagine if it, you were approached like this and say, can you give me a job? Um, it's very weird, and specifically here in North America, people won't uh, at all recommend you if they don't know you. Mm-hmm. So their reputation is also at stake. Yes. So, so this is very point. important to yeah. understand that people need to get to know you first before they can actually connect you through their uh, network. Yeah. And and you know both you guys, you did a really good job of walking into each of your sessions prepared and going in with a plan of this is what I'm going to ask. What I really liked that you touched on, Vanessa, was how you did your research about on the person. And it's usually research that's available online, right? So you use LinkedIn. We always talk about LinkedIn to be the number one place to go find research about the person, about the company. And then as you go in and you have that conversation, you can connect quicker. And I think a lot of people, they spend a lot of time, you know, actually, we just we just interviewed a recruiter and she says a lot of people spend 20 minutes just trying to understand Uh, or going through the process of connecting. And when you can go in with a set of questions that's going to connect you right away, you have a more in-depth 
conversation. Mm -hmm. So this is good. So you guys have both gone through the interview process now. Actually, you guys both landed your jobs, which is awesome. And you did that in less than around two and a half months, right? Like, yeah. By the time you started searching and by the time your, your search ended, I know you reached out to us as soon as you told us because I know you've been watching us and connecting with us online. So that's awesome. So what was the interview process like specifically? So and we'll, we'll get both of your perspectives because I know it's slightly different. Okay. So, well, uh, from, for the interview that I got and this job that I got, uh, we had a first interview that was basically with the supervisors, with two supervisors, and was straight to the point. The, we went through, talk a little bit about yourself, then you go with your accomplishments, what are your uh, strong, strong skills and what are your soft skills that you got. And then we went through a technical aspect of the, the interview. They asked me technical questions and they asked me to do some practical tests using Excel, things like that. But they asked me about how, 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 I, how I thought I would fit into the company. And mm -hmm. that's the most important part, the, the most important thing to do a, a very good research about the company that you are going to interview, to, to an interview. To show them that you know the business and you know how you can go into the business and help them inside the business, inside the business, into the business, and to show your value to them. That's the, the most important thing. The second interview, it was almost a month later, uh, it was a behavior interview. Mm -hmm. So they got me a lot of uh, situations, behavior situations. And they tried scenarios and they tried me to, to, to see how I would behave or how I would deal with the situations. It wasn't easy at all. It was tough, <laughs> but it was good. And then it took a little bit, uh, almost, uh, no, less than a month, I, I, I think it was two weeks, when they asked me about uh, my background check. That's something that's really important because here in Canada, if you, are, if you don't have Canadian experience or haven't worked in Canada yet, they will ask you about, or even if you have, but they will ask you about references. So you have to, they asked me about the, uh, three supervisors, uh, former supervisors that could talk about me, they could access from email or telephone, so have your references and mm -hmm. culture references, that's important. Uh, and contacts for for the companies that I've been working in the 10 years before. Yeah. So it was a very uh, demanding uh, uh, stay yeah, status. It took around, it took 14, around days, right? 14 days. Two weeks in background check only. Background check only. Wow. So, so, for, so if you're listening, and I, and I hope you're putting the numbers together, because I think this is really interesting, right? So you talked about it, it took, it, yeah, it's a three-month process, right? Exactly. And for those of you that, you know, and this is going through the interviews, right? And yeah. and some organizations, because of the security checks they need to do, you guys work in natural resources, so that's a very, um, you know, it can be a very secure field, right? So depending on the field that you're working in, it can take a lot. And what we find in Canadian organizations, especially the bigger ones, It does take longer, right? Four weeks for you to get a call back for a second interview. Yeah. So just when you think, you know, you've lost hope and nobody's going to call you, you know, don't give up hope because you never know, right? And it does take a while. And actually, Alexander, your process was, I guess it was shorter. It wasn't three yeah, months. Yeah, it was shorter. But what I recommend to people is that despite the fact that it might take long, 
keep on doing and don't mm-hmm. wait because even though you're feeling that you're good and that the interviews were good uh you might as well not get the job and then you went through this three months and if you stop job searching meanwhile so uh you probably end up in a situation yeah. that you wouldn't like to be where you spend all this time and eventually do not get the job so do things in multiple uh in parallel like uh, uh, going for other interviews as well so this is very important so good actually i just want to ask one question so when you were applying to to roles how many did you apply to at one single time Well, um, well, that's uh, actually that, that's 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 a good question, because in terms of numbers, not so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I usually do. I started doing two two per day, mm-hmm. but then I focused more on networking, and then I applied for the ones that really make sense to me. Yeah. Then I started to do like two to three a week. Wow. So okay. I I really I dramatically reduced the number. Vanessa here only applied for six, so <laughs> eight. Okay, so for eight. I and applied to, for eight. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but that's the difference because uh, back in Brazil, we are we we who who had opportunity to work in companies and things like that. We usually are generalists, so we do a lot of things, but in kind of in a superficial way. In here in Canada, things are completely different mm-hmm. because people are not generalists. They are very specific for each task that you're doing. So. If you have if you if you have been hired to do a role, that's your role you're gonna do. Don't you can try to to get some other projects or get involved in something else. That's good, but that's your role. You can't let you can let things don't work well. Or don't don't do your role that you're hired to do, and let it go little bit too easy to get things other things to be interested in. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, uh, when I realized that, I, I, then I was really focusing on my field of expertise. And as we work in, in energy, there are not so much job applications or job, job positions that are posted also. And there's even the, question, the, the issue about the hidden market, job market mm. in Canada. Because... Uh, you can post, you can you can see a lot of postings online. Depending on your field of expertise or field that you, your your work field, there will be a lot of postings. But there is even a, there is even a, a hidden market here because mm-hmm. Canadians work by reference. It's something that's interesting. Cultural, mm-hmm. uh, it's a cultural difference because in Brazil we think that if someone refers you. Or there's someone that is in a job position because he was referred by someone. That's a negative thing. But in Canada, it's a positive thing yeah. oh, because yeah. we usually we have an expression back in Brazil from he was referred to someone from someone, and his referral basically we used to say this from for, uh, to people that are in a job position that they don't have the skills to be in that position. Oh, okay. So they are because they were referred. By someone because this person is in a position of power, things like that. That's our culture. And here in Canada, it's completely different. If a person refers you, that's because you have something. You have showed this person that you have value. The same thing happens in LinkedIn because in on LinkedIn in Brazil, you just go to connect, 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 and you don't. Mostly the person, the people that you have on your connect in your, in your network in on LinkedIn. Most of them, you haven't changed a word. Mm-hmm. You have never seen them. 
But here in Canada, people won't connect to you, connect to you if you don't, if they don't know you at all. You mm-hmm. just showed up in their LinkedIn asking for a connection. That won't work. You have to, to, to write a note, a specific note to this person. Tell them why do you want to connect to them. Oh, about notes. Excellent. Vanessa has a very good story about notes because each of the interviews that you went. You write, you wrote cards yeah, for people, yeah, right? Yeah, that's a, a tip that I got. Yeah, that ex, after after each interview that I got, uh, I got the name of the the, the, the panel that was in, on the interview, and I, I could take notes about something specifically that each person told me during the interview. Wow! And leaving the interview, I I made some some thank, thank you, you cards for them specifically by hand. To, uh, for each person specifically, uh, telling and reminding them of something that they told me on the interview, to make it more personal and to make you more rem- uh, to make them remember you. Yeah, that's yeah. something interesting. It's all about being unique. Yeah, and, and this and is I, one and, very good way yeah, to do it. And I received even uh, in the second interview, one of the supervisors that interviewed me on the first interview. They said, "Oh, I would like to thank you for the card. It was so thoughtful." Uh, me and the other supervisor, we were comparing your cards to our cards to see if they were the same or they are different. So that's a good tip. Wow. Uh, yeah. No, that's a. <laughs> so you're saying all the right stuff. I love it because this is. <laughs> but this is the type of stuff that's important, right? Like yeah. we talk about. You know, the one thing that you get here is you, you might have a hundred applicants for the same position. In my case was two hundred. Oh, two hundred. Two hundred. Two hundred. So it, it gives you an idea of what it takes to, to to really stand out and be different, and it it doesn't take a lot of effort, right? It takes effort, yes, but it doesn't take it doesn't take a lot of money. It just takes a little bit of time and some consideration to really stand out and be different. Exactly. So, Alex, so what was uh, Alexander? So, what was your experience like? Well, um, despite all the efforts uh, through networking, which is I, I regularly, highly recommend anyone to do it, um, my interview was uh, the result of an online application through LinkedIn. Wow. Okay. That's uh, lucky. Lucky charm there. Um, I got the interview, but then um, what I did is when you apply online, you can either apply only with your profile or you can attach your resume, mm-hmm. right? So I attached my resume, of course, and this was very well formatted and also very directed to the job posting that I, I read. So go through jobs can match your words, right? Even though I knew that uh, th- through this process, the person behind this would receive directly my resume. Mm-hmm. Uh, you really need to stand up and see what are the right words that they are looking for, right? Yeah. So uh, when you bold your uh, keywords, that's very important. In JobScan, lets you do which keyword you should or should not bold, right? Yeah. So it pretty much gives you this information. But then you've got the interview, right? So this is the the job of the resume is done. You got the interview, and um, then you get called into the office. And then I was first, the first round of interview was just with the, the manager. But I can tell that uh, when I got into the, I got into the, um, the office, I knew that the decision maker was the guy who was already interviewing me. Okay. So when you have the decision makers, this is the guy you really should impress. Regardless of what you're going to do and say, this is the guy. It's not the HR manager, it's not some recruiter, it's the person with power to hire you or not. So this is very important to assess when you're going through the interviews. Because when you have the decision maker, then you really have to shine. You have to shine every uh, every time. But then this is 
pretty much the moment that you should really be uh, at your best. And um, in this case, this guy was looking for an energy professional. It could also be uh, well connected in terms of to connect with the clients. Mm -hmm. So when I perceived the job application, because he explained me what the process is and what I should really be doing in this job, I knew that this was more relationship based with clients rather than go through numbers and crunching numbers on an Excel spreadsheet. So I changed everything that I had in terms of strategy for this interview to the relationship part of what I had done in the past. And then what I had is to seek out my success stories and tell them the success stories I had with clients. And when he asked me, oh, but you, you worked five years in the last company in an office. I say, yeah, but internally I had clients and mm -hmm. I, have to, uh, I have to meet with all those clients uh, to deliver my, my tasks. So really it's not an outgoing kind of a job that you're going to visit clients, but I had many of them inside of my company. So I could actually bridge this kind of a gap that I had for this position alone. And then when you start telling uh, the success stories for them, yeah. this is where I really hook them in terms of uh, how can I be of value. Well, then, uh, one week later, I went for the second round where they called me in again, but this would be uh, a little bit different. Uh, what they say is that the second round, I would be in a mock uh, business meeting with a mm -hmm. client where uh, you, I should uh, either sell a product or a service to them. And this would be a panel with clients. So we actually went through a mock uh, wow. interview with clients, right? So I really had to build a case, build a product, build a service that they could actually uh, buy from me. And then I have to answer a lot of questions that typically clients uh, ask from uh, which anyone is selling uh, a service to you. So I have to be prepared to answer those questions and really make up numbers out of my head in terms of success and tal, because I had really to portray uh, a, sales, a salesperson interacting with a client. Yeah. I think I did a really good job there because then after a week later they called me in to get my my, my job uh, my job offer. Okay, good. So that's pretty cool. That's yeah. awesome. So I so I got a question and and so the process of negotiating. So you guys were we're now and you know we're coming to the end of time and I want to make sure that we give as much value as we can. But as you were sitting there, a you have you know and I hope everybody's listening. What you get is there's multiple interviews. It's not just one. There's never, there's never a scenario, and depending in the field, you know, not for all, all fields are the same, but typically you're going to get one or two interviews, whether it's a phone screen and then an in-person interview or two in-person interviews like your case. I know a lot of the, the roles today, a lot of organizations, they want to see people doing the job before they actually show up in the job, which is what your mock interview was. So, yeah. so they kind of touched on that. So in terms of negotiating the salary and everything else, you know, this is, so we're getting to the point where we're wrapping up. You know, what was different for you there? So what was that negotiation process like? Can I? Well, uh, in my, my case, um, there, there wasn't specifically a negotiation uh, because the company is basically unionized, mm -hmm. so there's no negotiation. They will evaluate your resume, evaluate your experience, and... To, they will classify you in a range of salary, and then they will do a proposition for you. That's what happened to me. Through the union, right? Yeah. Because they yes. have to go through, through the, the union, union and then mm -hmm. through you. Yeah. So if you think it's good, maybe you just look at it and say, well, I accepted it or not. Yeah. <laughs> so Might try to have some leverage, but it's very hard. Yeah. So, so, but you knew what type of 
range you had in your field Absolutely. before you showed up, right? Absolutely. And, and I think, you know, for, for a lot of newcomers, don't just take anything, understand what the field range is. And we, you know, we actually showed, I don't know if you guys used the resources that we talked about, but places like Glassdoor will give sure. you a, yeah. a good range. Depending on your industry, the type of work that you do, your experience level, you'll get a range of what the average salary is for that. By my experience, I have, I didn't actually negotiate it because I got everything I asked for. So nice. this is very good because they made me a fair proposition based on my experience. Usually this is what happened um, when you have very serious companies in the other side of the, the room uh, making you a fair proposition because they need talent as well. So they might as well not scare you with because of some figures. Mm -hmm. They just want to have the talent go away because <laughs> they want to hire you, right? So they are making a proposition. Although this doesn't make uh, this doesn't mean that you don't have to know uh, what you're worth, and uh, the idea is that don't really um, settle in for something is less than you need for to make a living. Mm -hmm. This is very important because you need to know your value. So don't don't undersell you uh, because you are skilled. You you are a, a skilled immigrant here in Canada. You can actually do the job they are doing. Why should you settle for something less yeah. just because you don't have the Canadian experience? Yeah. And by our experience, Canadian experience wasn't mentioned at all, at all, yeah. at all. So this is something that once you get prepared, you don't even need to mention. Yeah. You don't even need to mention. So this is pretty cool and very powerful because it empowered you to go there and negotiate better terms for you, yeah. which is something basically in Brazil, we know that we don't have this because you don't negotiate salaries like this. Um, you re usually you are put into a bracket and mm -hmm. then you are, they are offered and maybe mm -hmm. you can have little margin to negotiate, but here it's more, much more open. So yeah. you really be prepared to negotiate your salary and know the range you are through Glassdoor or LinkedIn there, have a salary board there, yeah. uh, try to make your, know where you are in terms of experience yeah. and uh, range. This is, this is specifically the part of the, the research that you have that I believe is very important for every job searcher to do before going to an interview. Know what's your what's the range of the position that you're applying to, knowing how the culture of the company is. Get some information about uh, specifically in Glassdoor about the company, about people that have been working there. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of resentments. Sometimes we know there are a lot of resentment for people that are not working there. But it's good even through through good reviews and bad reviews, you can acquire information. So that's good to make a decision. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so Vanessa, sorry, John, but uh, Vanessa touched a point that's very important. Even though you have very bad reviews for a company, usually uh, people who bother to go there and go because they had a really bad experience, they wanted to share that. And all the good experiences are not to share as, with, as, the much, as much energy as we have the bad experiences, mm -hmm. right? So if you have a company um, making you, bringing you in for interviews, go to those interviews and make your own assessment. You have to be... To, look at it and see if this is the place for you or not. Because uh, any interview is a, a two-way street. You're interviewing the company as well. So yeah. ask, a lot, uh, ask a, lot, a lot of questions uh, to the interviewers as well, mm -hmm. because then they will know that you are interested. And also you yeah. can assess if this is the right place for you. Yeah. That's something that's, that, that's a, a major difference also. If you uh, hear the question, yeah. if you have any question for us, Please make a lot of questions to do, them. Do questions. Do questions. Do because questions. Because if you, if you do not use this time to ask questions about the company or about the work or about the job or about the team, the, the impression that you, did, you are giving is that you are not interested. Yeah. 
Oh, that's a, that's a really valid point. I think, well, like you said before, walking in with your questions, walking in prepared, walking in about the knowing about the organization, knowing about the role. So there is a bit of work, and and actually, I hope all the listeners are are really paying attention to this. It's important to to not to apply to a hundred jobs, to maybe apply to ten or fifteen or. In Vanessa's case, eight. <laughs> you know, and out of eight, one out of eight is pretty good. Like you think about it, but the the amount of time that you put into those eight, you could have applied to three hundred and not received a single response. And one of the things that Connell and I are pretty big on is don't apply to three hundred jobs because that's not going to get you anywhere. And you're going to be very general. And you already touched on this, Vanessa. You got to be very specific in terms of what you do and highlighting your skills and your talent for that industry, for that role, for that organization. That, uh, you know, if you go the route where, you know, the, the spray and pray, I think is what Connell calls it. He does a lot of, uh, um, he writes that in his blogs quite a bit. You don't pray, is spray and pray because that's, it's not an effective technique, right? So really getting in and focusing in on the process. So we're, we're coming up to the end of the podcast. If there was one thing that you would give a Brazilian who is making the move or any new Canadian that's making the move to Canada, what's the one thing that they should start with first? What's the one thing that you would recommend? Well, I, I'm going not off topic here, but communication skills. Mm -hmm. I think uh, you have all the tools online. You can build the best resume. You can build everything just straightforward because you have a process to this, you have a methodology to follow. But you can, if you cannot communicate well in English here during the interview, you're not going to be perceived seriously as a part of a team. So it's very important that you have your skills in English very sharp. And then try to, because if you don't, it's going to become very challenging for you to get into a Canadian setting in a position that you really feel comfortable doing uh, and uh, in a level that you think you deserve. So basically, communication skills is key to open doors here in Canada. This is my advice for everyone: is really, be really sharp in your language skills. Excellent. Yeah, Excellent. I would like to compliment even that uh, also the communication skills, but be prepared to wait a little bit mm -hmm. because it takes time. It takes two months, three months from one job application that you do to have a, a, an answer if you got one answer. So do follow up with the, all the applications that you have done. That's Specific, that's too important for you to know if it demands if you if you if you did something wrong if you did something right that's good to get have this this feedback so that's important be prepared to be three months four months job searching it's not a problem with you it's how things are uh, how things happen here so financially prepared for not to be struggling um, to be prepared for the time and, and so deal with your your anxiety. And to focus specifically in what you are good at doing and not to shoot everywhere. That's that I believe that's the, the, the main point. That's excellent. Well thank you. So so yeah, wow, thanks. You guys have given some really good tips, very specific tips, which is ideally what you know the audience is looking for. So thank you for, for sharing your experience with us. And uh, thank you and you know, congratulations on both of your jobs. So you guys are both working. And uh, we will hopefully in the next few months connect with you again because it would be interesting to find out what it's like for a newcomer to go through an organization and really what that adoption process is like. So, you know, if you guys are okay with it, we'll connect with you in a few months. 
and uh, maybe even do another podcast and say, yeah, hey, absolutely. this is what the, the, the Canadian have, have to help. Yeah. <laughs> the Canadian experience is all about. So uh, thank you guys for listening in. Thank you for being big supporters of the Zero to Hire podcast and the Zero to Hire material. And uh, just, uh, yeah, that's it for this episode of the Zero to Hired podcast. Thanks, everyone. And we will catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the Zero to Hired podcast. Make sure you check out our website, www.zerotohired.com and download your free resume template that's proven to get results, complete with examples and guidelines. Make sure you tune in as we interview leading industry experts who provide tips and strategies to help you get the career that's right for you.